Rad Mars Podcast, Episode 66. I'm Andy Mindler. And I'm Brendan Trombley. I'm Trevor Williams. I'm Andrew Ford. I'm Rashi. I'm back. You're back. Head of Exile, baby. <laughs> yep, yep. That's all I've been doing the last two weeks. Was it? Was that a lot it? of work and a lot of Path of Exile. Was it it was just Path of Exile dropped a new No League, I guess. New season right, for new, you uh, Diablo yeah. people. Yeah, I've been playing it too. Yeah. What are you playing? I'm playing a um, what is it? A ice trap build. Nice. Um, yeah, I started off with some other build with some random guide I was following, until I realized that this guide is kind of crap. And then I looked up sort of like the statistics in terms of the most played uh, character classes. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go with that one because lots of people are doing it, and mm-hmm. that's how you end up on the meta and how you end up needing to buy items that are very expensive because everyone else wants to buy them too. Yeah. Whoops. But it works well. But this is also the first sort of quote unquote new season of Path of Exile I played since the previous uh, content patch uh, was the first time I played. So it's interesting to see how things change from season to season and how it fucks with all my uh, uh, Atlas passive selections. Yeah, that's the best time to play it. It's brand new, new economy, new everything. You start from scratch. Yep. Didn't you say like every time that they like do a new season, they add some like extra layer of bullshit to like the game oh yeah big time so what what extra layer of horseshit did they had this time uh crazy (laughs) one (laughs) expedition expedition there's these four weird dudes and they love digging out bones and the best way they can figure (laughs) out how to do it is with bombs so you uh like they'll show up in a map and there'll be a big area covered in like bones and you got bombs to put down and you put the bombs down in a line and they blow up one at a time and every time they blow up a whole bunch of dudes come out of the ground and there's these little like statues that like modify the guys that come out. So like as as the bombs blow up and more guys come up, they get progressively harder and harder and harder and have more cool stuff applied to them. Okay. And, and the stuff that you get as a reward is better and better and better. So you have this cool hard encounter with a whole bunch of guys coming out of the ground and you fight them all. And uh, you get a bunch of weird little knickknacks that you can trade to these four different NPCs and interact with gotcha. them. Um the way they interact is very cool. One guy's a haggle man. So like he has a whole bunch of stuff and you can buy it for some price. And he'll like suggest a really high, like ridiculous price. And you can like move your little bar around to like haggle with him. And if you go too low, he'll just say fuck it and like fuck off with the item and you won't get it. So you gotta like haggle with him back and forth. And there's another cool guy where you can like craft items and you can make some really wild shit and sell it for a bunch of money or put it on your awesome guy. And then there's a, a gamble man, a gamble woman, I guess, where you like they show you the base version of the item and that's all. You don't get to know nothing about it. It's got a price and a picture and you can pick the item and it could be anything. It could be awesome. It could be just like a blue item. It could be a rare item, a unique item. It could be anything. And like people are always posting pictures on Reddit of them getting their headhunter belt, the most exotic, awesome, super expensive GG chaser endgame legendary awesome thing. Of just like picking up a shitty leather belt for ten coins, Boop. 
There's my headhunter. I ain't never got one. People said they're great. <laughs> <laughs> not jealous. <laughs> yeah, I'm not jealous. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Get out of here with your headhunters. Stupid red man. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not mad about it. Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing that's uh, more controversial is that they nerfed a bunch of skills uh, across the board in order to try to rebalance the game and slow down how quickly people were killing everything. Yeah. They didn't just nerf a bunch of they didn't just nerf a bunch of stuff. They nerfed like everything. Everything is way worse. Like 60% way worse. Um <laughs> like at the top end, which is I think is amazing. It's awesome. But all the nerds on on Reddit are crying. They're like, "Oh my god, I can't one shot a boss." Like, fuck off, yeah. just play the game. The bosses are sick. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's basically the net result of a tremendous amount of power creep over every patch and every patch and every patch. Yeah, I think they could have gone farther. Maybe they will. But anyway, I love it. Uh, the leveling experience was, was harder than ever, and it was really exciting and awesome. Uh, yeah. What, le- what level is your character now? 90-something. 93? Jesus, what the fuck? Yeah. And that's, do like, you, with me not playing play too alone? much this week. I oh, know I play with my buds, my boys. Oh. Um, got a gang. Sometimes we party play. Sometimes we don't. Party play is notoriously bad in Path of Exile, but we make it work. It's more fun, I think. What's party play? Like playing with people, other humans in a party. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how do you play with people if you're not doing that? What do you mean? You said sometimes I play with my boys. Sometimes I play with them not in the party or something. Sometimes I don't, is what I said. <laughs> oh, I was confused. I was like, what the fuck? Brandon just has this like look of, of like concern and distraught <laughs> and not paying attention. No, I'm actually um, distraught. I'm actually distraught because I'm trying to figure out if the topic we want to talk about has actually been talked about. I'm just scrolling through our catalog. Uh, are you are you going through the list? Fuck you for the episodes where you're just like, I don't know what this episode's about. Bleep. Because <laughs> I have no idea what yeah. those episodes are about anymore. <laughs> well it doesn't help that our episode titles are always like horse dicks and you're like oh well i don't know man <laughs> yeah i also have to i also have to wade through every third topic being or every title every third Sonic's topic being feet. about horses <laughs> yeah I, I don't know why you seem upset by this yeah <laughs> this is all going according to plan did anyone ever register radmars.horse <laughs> no, we should. Money? we should probably do that. We got to do that. Yeah, I think it does cost money. I mean, mm. I mean, like serious money, not like I know. It oh, costs, oh, I know it costs like some amount of money. Horse that horse costs two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that's right. Right. <laughs> Sorry, the asking price is currently two hundred USD, uh, which probably means they want it to go up. Those fools. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They're sitting someone, on a gold mine. Someone uh, will pay. The other important thing that happened last week was that Gold Lewis Dickinson came out. For Guilty yeah. Goose Drive, the best fucking fighting game <laughs> character ever. He's brand new and he's fucking sick. You just said a whole bunch of words that I could not, like, did not yeah. go he's, together in my brain. He's, yeah. the, he's, the, he's the Secretary of Absolute Defense. Don't you know him? Gold <laughs> yeah. What's Dickinson. his name? Gold, Gold Lewis Dickinson. Yeah. Gold Lewis Dickerson? Gold Lewis Dickinson. Dickinson. Yeah, Dickinson. Dickinson. When you said that at first, I th- assumed you were talking about a real-life celebrity that was coming out of the closet. Yeah, no. No, this I is like this is this is like a, a giant four hundred pound man with a coffin from Arena 50, Area Fifty One that has an alien inside of it. What? And his his fighting gloves have horseshoes on them. He's got like seven different cow skulls on his equipment. He's got what chaps on, 
He's he, like he has the a targeting man. laser. One of his yeah. eyes is a targeting laser. What his glasses has one guy. of them blacked out, and it's a it's a space laser. He could he could laser you from space with his eye beams. Wow, too many this things is a at once. Yeah, I'm overwhelmed. I, he's an, all that is American, and he's great. <laughs> I was gonna say, I love that this is the character design that someone was like America. Yeah. <laughs> He's in in canon. He's the United States Secretary of Defense, Secretary of State. I think I don't know. Whatever. In canon, he is a member of the cabinet and protects the president. <laughs> Secretary of Absolute Defense. Absolute. Somehow defense, that makes yeah. it more that makes it more believable to me that he's carrying around a dead Roswell alien. It's alive. It's like a ghost. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know, maybe it's, alive it's in a too. coffin. I assumed it was dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that you can, that's understandable. But that's where you fuck Like uh, he talks to it, what? and it gives him weapons and stuff. Um, yeah, of course. Also, he's got a, a mini gun, like a fucking Gatling gun that he pulls out of the coffin. And the alien how? Fuck you. I have to Google this fighting thing. game, and the guy has like all of this shit, like. He's sick. Why? What? Why isn't he fighting with his fist? He isn't does. What fighting games? Well, actually, what he does is he fight with him with his fist, but he mostly just swings the coffin around like a big, like oh. a big. Okay. His ball. name is like Gold D. Roger Jesse James Dickinson. What is his name? Gold Lewis Dickinson. <laughs> Gold Lewis, thank you. Where did that name come from? From did, from Japan. Probably from a, an American name generator. I don't know. Gold Lewis Dickinson. I don't even know how you'd say that. So does he have an American flag as well? Um, his his like um, you know how fighting game characters all have meters, right? His yeah. little meter when it gets to full is a fucking red, white, blue flag with stripes. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. Okay, so this guy he looks like if um, Guile from Street Fighter grew up, became like the general of whatever, and and got really fat. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's, like a, he's massive. He's incredibly big. Yeah, uh, yeah, like, like, incredible. Yes, obscenely. Wow, so. this he's, character he, or design. He's like, he's like if Santa Claus just decided yeah. to like do a lot of crap. If Santa Claus was the United States Secretary of okay. Defense, okay, yeah. So his name Gold Lewis, like, yeah, that's all one word. Gold it's Lewis, G O L D L E W I S. Yeah, all Gold one Lewis. Word. That's why I, I kept was saying like, all gold one. Space yeah. You said Gold, gold Lewis. Lewis, I said no, Gold Lewis. Dickinson. Uh. That's not a name. Yeah. That's not anything. Names are all made up, dog. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> I give a fuck. It's absurd. Yeah. I don't also, know. the chaps like situation it's is dope. Dis- disconcerting. Yeah. So got the coffin, the co- the alien in the coffin isn't like a gray. You guys know about the grays, right? Yeah. It's like right. It's what yeah. we call like the really classic looking alien. It's more like a vortex of galaxy juice within like it can like reach out with its arm inside. Yeah, there. like a blue sparkle it's... alien. You never actually yeah. see the alien. You only see his hands. It's actually kind of rad. I kind of love it. He's he's a cryptid collector. <laughs> <laughs> I think honestly the, the coolest thing about this character is the controls for his moves. He yeah. has there's kind of a meme where the they had like an introduction video where one of his major special moves is called Behemoth Typhoon, where he swings the <laughs> coffin around. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's a great name for a move. And it's like there's eight variations in this move that correspond to each of the like cardinal directions plus a half circle in each way. So like one of the moves is like from half circle, like half circle forward, and then another one's like half circle back. Otherwise, like half circle forward, but like up around. And it represents which way he's swinging the coffin around. Yeah. Like the, the movement is actually really directly related to like how he's like throwing his shit around. I've never really seen that in a fighting game. It's really cool. 
it, it feels really fun to play when you're playing it because you'll just like ratcheting your stick around in a half circle and he just like fucking there you go slams the coffin in that direction i don't know and he's got a million different ones too like some knock you up in the air some like slam you into the ground some are low some are high i don't know it's really really amazing super fun old lewis are you still using your uh game pad that you got yeah he's my my fight Fighter. stick uh fight arcade stick, stick. Yeah, that's one uh and that's that's what makes it really fun i can't imagine doing that kind of inputs on a controller but i'm sure people do there's a lot of gamepad players out there one thing i cannot see people doing is doing it on the keyboard there's a lot of keyboard players out there and oh boy i don't want to do that half circle (laughs) inputs on a keyboard no thanks what what does that even mean (laughs) well you're pushing like down and then like forward then like forward down then down then back down then you know back so you do some terrible. some weird yeah. rotating with your fingers, and I don't want to do that. No thanks. I mean, even even if you could, a lot of keyboards like can only recognize like two button presses at once or something like that. Uh, and so I'd imagine it would make a lot of moves impossible. That's why you gotta get a hitbox. Yeah, you get a mm-hmm. get a gamey clacky thing. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. We may talk about that board, but, but just a reminder: that's a thing where it's like a fight stick, except the joystick is replaced with four buttons. So you can just do the cardinal directions as buttons instead. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is it the one made for Smash, the hitbox? Mm, or am I thinking I of a different one? So. No. There's another box made specifically for Smash that also has the button set up. It's supposed to help with RSI stuff. Mm. Um, hmm. Maybe it's called Smashbox. It might even be called that. I don't know. Whatever. But who knows? Fight sticks. Whatever. Super Smash Bros. Melee tech on a controller is like notorious for like fucking up people's arms. Because it's their APM, the actions per minute that they have to do to actually play melee is insane. Having been working on it a little bit myself, I agree. <laughs> yeah, terrible. I was, I was there too. I was trying to drill my uh, shuffles back in college. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> do those uh, a lot of, L lot cancels of and wave dashes and short hops and short oh hop, boy. fast fall, L cancel, short hop, fast fall, L cancel, over and over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> So there's another thing in fighting games that is like completely incomprehensible to me. Have you ever heard of the dragon punch input? I don't know if you've ever heard DPs or dragon punch input. So basically what you have to do is you have to do a Z on the controller. So it's like a forward input and then a down input and then a down forward input. So if you can visualize like starting from the forward, it makes a Z. And that is like the in Street Fighter. That's the dragon punch, like the the air reversal or whatever the fuck. I think that's exactly what I was thinking of the reuse, like reuse uppercut. Exactly that, yeah. Yep, yep. yep. That reuse uppercut. I'm sure you can or whatever. People call it dragon punch. Um, I think, whatever. Um, something about Ryu being a dragon. <laughs> so sure, sure you can. Sure you can. Rising, yeah. rising dragon punch. There you go. I guess that's why they call it dragon punch. We figured something out today, um, but. <laughs> Like, that input, like, does not make any sense to my brain. And a bunch of the characters that I'm playing need to do that. And, like, I was looking up stuff online, and people just say, like, you got to do that 200 times a day in both directions. (laughs) You're like, ah, God, I don't want to do that. That's a good job. (laughs) I was just going to say, that sounds like a game I don't need to play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, is it a game or is it a lifetime commitment here? Yeah. It's a lifestyle. But, I mean, I don't know. It's, but it's fun. when you when you hit that shit in a match or when you hit a, a solid combo in a match, it feels so fucking good. I was having some yeah. guilty gear match today. I just like finally landed like a corner combo. 
that I had practiced probably like 50 times in training mode. I did it. I've so far done it once. Yeah. It was, it was fucking incredible. It was amazing. Yeah. I'm proud I of you. This fool. Thank you. And for that style of game, the challenge is the excitement, you know, it's the, that's, that's what is the most fun about it. And I don't know. It's a different, different speed of game. My God. Anyway, Guilty Gear Strive is so good. Anyone should, everyone should play it or not. I don't know. I'm not your dad. <laughs> Trevor, you were saying you were playing a different game. Yeah. Recently. Yeah. So, I mean, in addition to the Path of Exile that I've been playing, I've also been dabbling around a bit with a game called Dyson Sphere Program. Um, it's an early access on Steam. And it's a game that seems to be fairly derivative of Factorio, at least at the point I'm playing at, though um, it has some signs of going you know, beyond it. But it's a similar premise. You know, you land on a planet and then you sort of start building an autonomous factory. But uh, whereas Factorio, everything happens on the ground. This one, you know, you eventually get into space, uh, you know, build things on different planets, have, you know, materials going um, all across those planets in order to build a giant Dyson sphere around the star that you're at. What's a Dyson sphere, Trevor? Tell tell everybody. Oh, yes. And a Dyson sphere is a hypothetical megastructure that would be capable of absorbing all of the out, all of the light output of a star. Um, the premise being that like a sufficiently advanced uh, civilization would need far more energy than you can get on, for example, Earth, just harvesting the little bit of sunlight that arrives at Earth. But if instead you were to build a giant sphere around uh, the sun and cover the interior of it with solar panels, in theory, you could basically harvest all of the energy being released by the sun. Um, obviously, there's a lot more to that. And there's also a significant problem with it, which is gravitational instability. Um, if you build a sphere around the sun, um, it's not going to be sort of like uh, in orbit around the sun or sort of gravitationally anchored. It can drift in any direction and it would eventually run into the sun. Yeah. It'd be bad. I've heard the I've generally heard accepted version of this is a Dyson swarm, which is like mm -hmm. a whole bunch of satellites. And you just have enough. You have like a billion, trillion satellites all orbiting. Uh, in basically every direction, creating yep. a sphere, basically. But and I guess you just have to deconstruct like an entire other planet to get all the raw materials to do all that. <laughs> just no wouldn't more Venus. Fuck up the solar system in <laughs> yeah, some see way. You later. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Like, wouldn't that destabilize this? Like, I feel like other planets not getting like light and shit. Wouldn't couldn't that fuck up the solar system in some way? Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, but I I think the idea is if a civilization is capable of building such a structure, hopefully they're uh, capable of also dealing with the side effects of building such a structure. Mm. Mm -hmm. So going going back to that game. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's an it's an early access. Um, and oh wait, is it is it top down like uh, uh, Factorio? Yeah, it is. Although you can rotate around the camera, which is actually a feature I dislike in games. I like it when it's sort of like a fixed static camera. Yeah. Um, but um, it's it's an interesting game. Um, but one of the things that really stands out about it is that um, the developer is Chinese. And although there's an English language translation in it that's also voice acted, it is terribly translated. Yeah. Um, all your base, your base, all your base. And I think they probably have a native English speaker who's reading the scripts that they wrote, narrating it, or they've got tremendously good voice uh, synthesis. I don't really know. 
But if they had a native English speaker reading it, uh, they're reading a bunch of really sort of broken English. That's, you know, doesn't quite make sense. I was going to say they like have someone speaking it and <laughs> they gave a busted ass dialogue and they just went ahead and read it as is. Pretty much. I mean, it's it, it's strange, uh, but it is early access. So maybe they're going to redo it. Um, maybe it is Man. voice synthesis, in which case it's totally understandable that like a crappy translation didn't get any pushback. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting, but it's just, it's so much of the early game is directly like descended from Factorio. It's like, you know, you gather copper, you gather iron, you gather stone, and also you harvest plants that you can burn for energy. It's like the exact same set of resources, Mm -hmm. but admittedly, that's also the case with like, um, real life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Minecraft. (laughs) Minecraft is real life. I was going to say satisfactory as well, yeah. um, but you know, Minecraft Football doesn't have life. copper. So, <laughs> uh, well, it does now, but uh, it didn't originally. So, is this game going to have like this a sort of like? I- I'm guessing it's going to exceed Factorio in a exponential growth sense, because to make a Dyson sphere, you would like, like kind of like I said before, uh, command a planetary, a planetary sort of level planetary, of resources. planetary <laughs> yes. should be the name of my yes. game. A planetary. planetary. Well, like in theory, you'd need multiple planets worth. Yes, like, and you do in this game. Yeah. You you are harvesting multiple planets, and I think you might actually be able to harvest multiple planets from multiple solar systems. I'm not sure if you're just stuck oh, wow. in one. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because they're also sort of like taking care of some of the sort of like quirks of Factorio that don't necessarily you know uh, work well. So, for instance, one of the things that annoys me about the early game in Factorio is you can't sort of like lay down blueprints or anything. You have to manually build each structure and it's really late that you start unleashed. Uh, you get construction bots, which basically allow you to put blueprints down and then bots will fly around and construct everything. And in this game, you just start off with bots attached to you that when you, you know, put down, a, you know, anything, they'll, you know, go off and build it for you, hmm. which is nice. So there's some quality of life changes. Um, but the thing that really stands out the most to me about the game, which is, probably not the most important thing by far is the music because it doesn't fit at all. (laughs) It does not fit the game. It's like they have sort of like a, they have like an idea for a sort of like, you know, a game, but they haven't figured out what the tone of that game is. And so it's like, uh, like dramatic space opera, like, Oh no. Uh, And you're just sort of like going around peacefully building stuff. I can't even like imagine stuff. what type of music that was that came out of your mouth. It was dramatic space it's like opera. Yeah. I heard, I heard the strings. It's your imagination. I heard it. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I'm overstating the drama of it, but suffice yeah. it to say, the music does not fit the game, um, at least in my experience. It's, it's interesting because yeah. like Satisfactory and Factorio have like such perfect music gameplay harmony. Like mm-hmm. it's just yo, I'm gonna get sucked into this for eight hours and oh. <laughs> It's the yeah. light outside. <laughs> oh. Maybe uh, maybe when you get to a more cosmic scale, it'll start to feel correct. Mm. Maybe. I mean, like, I think part of it also is coming from a game like Factorio, where the music is really minimalistic, but also fits it very well uh, to this. Like, it, it's jarring. Yeah. But maybe, yeah, once you're actually building the Dyson Sphere, it'll feel more appropriate. So I, I have a question. So it's a top-down thing. Um, but you are harvesting multiple planets and also their space. Yep. How does that work? Do you like zoom out to like a bigger like map of like the solar system and then you zoom into like other planets? 
I do not yet know, actually, because oh, I, okay. have, I have not gotten enough technology to escape the planet I'm on. Oh, okay. So yeah, I've unlocked the technology to have my little, you know, builder man guy fly, but there's a height uh, limit on how high builder man can fly, and it's not high enough to escape the planet. It's mm, very sad. I see. I see. I see. Is it 3D? It's 3D, yes, right? It's 3D. Yeah. And another interesting thing is that the planet you're on, like, it's actually a sphere. And so, like, the grid system on it sort of reflects that, but it's a series of square grids. And so, it's like a bunch of square uh, grids superimposed onto a spherical planet. And it's not a, it's not flat, so it's not a perfect match. And so, the grids don't quite line up with each other. It's oh, a little bit strange. Boy. Oh, yeah. I guess that's that's, that's interesting. Is it like a volleyball where like there's a whole bunch of patches that kind of meet, or is it more like a like a globe, like latitude longitude where there's like triangles at the top? I think it's more of a volleyball type thing. Uh, well, honestly, I'm not entirely sure because I don't have a great mental picture of the difference between the two things. Like, there's no everything squares. It's not sort of like triangles. They don't change the right. shapes. I mean, um, you can have a sphere that's made up completely of squares. Sure. Yeah, and I mean, that's sort of what it is. But the thing is, the um, not every... <laughs> they don't do that. Not every single, uh, like, plot of land, or not every inch of the planet is part of one of those squares, I think. I think there's, like, areas outside of the squares. Oh, uh, okay. But, like, that's the, weird. the world has, like, curvature on it. So it's not like, you know, they flatten the world for you. No, you're just being rendered on a curved surface the entire time. Super weird. I have to yeah. see it. Um, I know. Yeah. I almost, well, actually, I did buy that game. I think I own it. My buddies and I were looking for something to play over like a long weekend. And we're like, oh, well, we're not ready to go back to Satisfactory yet. Uh, it might be too soon to play Factorio again. Let's play this new thing. And uh, <laughs> let's it, play this game that's exactly the same. Yeah, well, we want that kind of game. But like, it's no, there's no multiplayer. So we're like, oh, oh, oh. well, oh. I guess maybe later. <laughs> Holy fuck. Was that? <laughs> that was lightning. That was goddamn lightning. lightning. Holy shit. Jesus. Holy shit. It sounded yeah. like a car hit your yeah, house. It sounds like a car right into my house. I saw house. the flash on the video. Holy shit. I could feel that. that. Wild. Your cat seems I to be taking it. it well. Yeah, I she's she's like mildly annoyed. Like I would expect my cat to be uh, terrified, but no, she doesn't give a shit. Cat's nice. a trooper. Um, Damn. Anyway, hey. <laughs> back to podcast. I think that was the signal to to talk about our topic. Yeah, yes. it's like this preamble is going too fucking long. We're going too fucking long. Let's talk about Mads. 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 Video game Mads. Mads, Mads Mickelson. Yeah, video game Mads Mickelson. We're talking about Death, Death Stranding. Stranding. Death Stranding. My, one of my favorite games. Anyway, no, sorry. I was going to go off into a tangent. We're going to stop that tangent oh, right God. now. We're going to stop that tangent right now. We're going to talk about game mods. Sick. Yeah. Mods are a really interesting and integral part of of the game experience and also weirdly um it will get to it i guess like a integral part of the way game like new games are created these days sometimes um <laughs> sometimes 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 all the time much of the time yeah if you're the developer of skyrim you just release a kind of shitty game that is extremely moddable and then the community yeah. makes the game for you <laughs> i mean that that's that's like bethesda's like whole that's their deal whole thing when it comes to like yeah. fallout Mm-hmm. They they create a canvas upon which to build. Unless it's so Fallout Four, which just trash blows. fix it for us. Yeah. <laughs> right. So mod- mods are like uh, a hobbyist goes forth and makes adjustments to the game, and it's like a little like patcher or or extra little program, and then it changes the game in some way. Mm-hmm. So in the case of Skyrim, 
uh, that could include anything from like, well, I guess like, you know, new items or, or tweaking the amount of times dragons appear or, you know, putting like Thomas, the train engine as every single NPC. Yeah, it's like every, every game has that mod. Yeah. Thomas the Train Engine. <laughs> well, they, as well, now they do, yeah, because the Mr. X. That's that's a good one. Yeah. One of my one of my favorite ones is where they replace the the Mr. X music when he's like chasing you in Resident Evil. 2 yes. With that's great. With the X going give it to you, the DMX track. Yeah. That's, <laughs> so like you just hear it coming through the wall. Like his music is made like like kind of ambiently right like we're like what's going on i can hear that through the wall and then mr <laughs> x crashes through the wall he's like ah, x go give it to you give it to you <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah that's great all right i um i got started on mods quite young actually mm-hmm. if, if you consider this a mod i think i consider this a mod was it is, quake no starcraft starcraft so like oh. starcraft mm-hmm. rude war it's like map editor yep. had not just the ability to make new StarCraft maps to play like regular StarCraft on, but it had like a kind of a pseudo programming system that allowed you to create actual, you know, in different types of interactions and almost different kinds of gameplay. Yeah. You can, um, you can make your own levels and stuff too, right? Like, yeah, I, ma- I made mine. That was one of the first game design things I ever did. Yeah. I tried to make mm. an RPG. Hey, Yeah. I mean, that's uh, where a lot of that stuff came from though. Like Tower Defense, I'm pretty sure all that stuff came from StarCraft mods. I think um, tower defense yeah. came from Warcraft three. Was it Warcraft three? No, there was a lot there of tower defense in StarCraft. Um, yes, I mean they, they kind of map called defend. Yeah, I, I played a map called Defend Slim Shady. <laughs> it was a tower defense game. Hell yeah! Sure, yeah, uh, that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, all that stuff is so you know, internet ancient relics or whatever. Obviously, that's where yeah. like Dota came from. That was a mod for Warcraft three, mm-hmm. and now yeah, that whole genre, it's at. like created an entire genre of video games. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's worth calling out that uh, very often developers are making it explicitly easier for people to modify their games, like building out explicit support for people doing this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although sometimes. historically, yeah, sometimes not all companies do this. And historically, like in the early days of modding, sometimes it was basically just, you know, not supported by the developer at all. And people just sort of like, you know, reverse engineered parts of the game and figured out how to sort of like, you know, break into it, and do different things with the engine. Yeah. Um, sometimes there'd be source code that people would find and you could actually compile and make changes to it like quake three that's where a whole bunch of mods came from people fucking around with the source andrew and i played a million quake mods back in the day uh that's like all we did was play fucking urban terror yeah i found Uh, it really funny that we we settled on that for some reason and didn't play counter-strike which is like (laughs) way more popular and probably better i don't know we love urban terror yeah I mean, at the time, sure. I mean, I I, I love Counter Strike now, but like, I can't imagine playing that in somebody's basement. We didn't have enough people to play a proper Counter Strike game. Mm. I yeah. mean, Counter Strike was a mod, right? Yeah, Counter Strike oh, yes. was a mod. Half Life. Yeah. Yep. Half Life. Yeah. Whole bunch of um, like for a while there, Valve was like buying up a bunch of the mod people and like paying them to make a real thing and like it, yeah. it worked out extremely well for them it was portal portal wasn't originally a mod it was like a, someone's like a graduate student project, project. Yeah. yeah um but yeah i think it goes to show i don't know there's there's something really uh crazy and interesting about the whole idea of um i guess just like from the game design standpoint you know these companies have like all these resources all this, all these people and have a sometimes a really hard time making a new idea mm-hmm. but then you have like these i guess you know you call them garage programmers or whatever the hell they're doing at mom's basement or the attic or just a room you know just, mom's just spaghetti mm-hmm. <laughs> back to slim shady um 
uh, just, you know, making a thing and there's tons of people making these things and occasionally one of those things just gets like a breakaway hit, you know, and it's just kind of this like bubbling cauldron of, of interesting new game ideas. Um, yeah. And nowadays it's like, you know, that, that it, it's takes a lot of risk actually off the companies then to then take those ideas and turn them into commercial products or even the original mod developers turn it into commercial product, which is what happened with Dota, mm-hmm. right? Sort of. There's a lot of contention there. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, or was it League? Yeah. Was League the actual originals? Well, no. Dota, no. Dota, was, Dota was the original, was the original. mod, Defense of the Ancients. Um, yes, for so, Warcraft. The people. Um, I don't know exactly what the story is with that, but like when Valve tried to make Dota two, there was a lot of back and forth about the legality of all of that. I don't know, yeah. like what the actual people were involved in, but for a while there was a billion of those mobas, right? Now the the kind yeah. of dust has settled and it's just like League of Legends and Dota two, and I think there's like probably some other ones out there that who knows what, but like I mean, all that the, shit the is Pokemon one now. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure there is. I mean, like all that shit is like fair wind bullshit, right? So it's like that's all gone, and now everyone was making um, battle royale games, and okay, that one's kind of like sort of gone out of vogue. So the next thing coming up, who knows what it is? It's probably more gotcha bullshit, like. Uh, Breath of the Waifu. What the hell is that game called? Um, oh, Breath Genshin. of the Waifu. Genshin, Genshin, Genshin Impact. Impact. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean because I saw this. I saw some glitch where someone got to see the entire world map at once, and it really did look look like Breath of the World's map. Oh, <clears throat> Breath yeah. of the Wild's map. Yeah, the, the art the style world. is extremely like Breath of the Wild, but it's like a yeah. a gotcha. I don't know, MMOE kind of thing. Pl- planetary Breath of the World. Yeah. yeah. Um, like a new game right now. But, so yeah. I'm curious how uh, many of you have worked on mods before, because I feel like one of the things that makes it interesting is because it's a lot less effort to modify an existing game to create some new concept than to build a new game from scratch or even starting with a game engine or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Totally. It makes it a great way to start flexing your game design muscles without having to do a bunch of other crap. Yeah. I mean, that's how I got into games in general. I just I was yeah. making weird. I started with making weird StarCraft levels. And, you know, moved up to 3D modeling and making character models for Quake and Unreal. And I didn't do that. I hate 3D uh, modeling. Oh, well, (laughs) I modded I modded uh, the precursor to Oblivion and Skyrim. Uh, um, Marwind, whatever the fuck. Marwind. Yeah, I mean, I modded the shit out of that. I was making a whole bunch of cool stuff. I was in a real big Naruto phase. So I I, I like (laughs) I was like fucking 17, I think. Oh, God. So young. Anyway. I made like this cool uh, katana sword, like a ninja toe, but like there's a shield version of it uh, that had the the sword in a sheath, right? So like when you have your weapon away, the guy was holding the sword in his hand that was sheathed, and because it was a two handed weapon, he would pull it out and the shield would disappear. So he would like it looked like he pulled it out of the scabbard and was holding the two handed sword. Fucking wow. huge thunder. So that sounds like a okay, cannon. Something something really incredible just happened when you motioned pulling the sword out of the sheath. Yeah. the lightning flashed in your window. It yeah. went whoosh. <laughs> And a couple seconds later. Yeah, that's what I did. Uh, and I made shurikens and stuff like that, too, which was really fun. Kunai. All, all sorts of ninja weapons. So did you make them also grossly unbalanced and ridiculously powerful? No, I tried to balance them. And, like, uh-huh. I would, I would like, hide them throughout the world, so I'd have to go find them. But I knew where they were, so it wasn't really that fun. But, like, <laughs> it was cool in my mind, you know. I think my, my I have a very intense memory of, like, having the scales completely wrong. So the first time I imported a sword and I had my character pull it out, <laughs> It was the size of like an entire town. Like it was huge. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? What is this? <laughs> this is crazy. You know, it's just like the guy is swigging it. 
and it's it's fucking yeah. like the size of a Corinthian column is is like the the diameter of the sword handle, and it's like mm-hmm. so tall it reaches up into the sky, and you can't even see the end of it. And you're like, this is sick. I don't know. This is this is game development. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I made a similar mistake when I was trying to make my first Doom Two map, mm. um, and like I didn't. The editor was, you know, fairly primitive back then, um, though I'd imagine it's probably what they used to make their levels. But I didn't realize the scale of everything. And so I basically put like an entire level with a bunch of different enemies in it in a like size of an area that's too small for the player to fit inside of. (laughs) What is this, a level for ants? Yeah. And so like when I started it, like you were basically embedded in a wall and couldn't do anything. I was like, what's going on? Why is my why isn't my map working? So. And then I realized that, and then I kind of lost interest in it. Because mm. you have to redo everything. Welcome to Game Design. I know, I know, I did some modding, but I can't remember what. I know I played around with the Half Life One level editor and stuff. So like, I made a level uh, myself, and mainly it was just like playing around with like putting textures on shit and like laying out stuff, mm. and then like throwing in a giant monster and loading in and shooting it and stuff. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't, I don't like, I know I did other stuff. I feel like I, I did something with uh, oblivion or something, but I can't remember. Maybe I remember I made a mod for, I think it was red alert. Uh, what is that? What's the one that takes place not in the future, but in like the past, the cold red alert, uh, command and conquer red alert. That's the one. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that's the one with yeah. the, with the oh, not the Nazis, the, the, the Russians. Yes, I think so. Surprise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I modified it. So Einstein threw nuclear grenades and I think the radius of the nuclear grenade explosion was large enough to kill him. Yeah. So <laughs> Einstein could you know maybe throw off a couple before they la- the first one landed. But that was it. That, that was my mod. <laughs> sick mod i love it yeah i have um i have actually pretty extensive experience with modding but in a completely different way and it's from my work like like doing the education stuff uh kind of like what we said a moment ago um i've done a lot of modding of like not not me i have done it personally but worked with a lot of students and teachers teaching them how to mod something simple about like a regular game like a like a like a pen and paper game or even just like a like for example tic-tac-toe I've done the like, game design 101 workshop with with teachers and students a million times now, where where you take them through the uh, the game design process by by having them make a mod on tic tac toe and and you know brainstorm it, prototype it, test it, see how it goes, see what they need to change to make it better. So like the classic experience was take tic tac toe at a third player, like that would be the challenge, and it's just like a really good challenge that that requires you to to think about the ripple effects of that one change on on the rest of the system. Um, and it's really cool because anytime I've ever done a workshop, the, the way that each group does it has always been like a different take on the three player tic-tac-toe, which I thought was cool. Change nothing. Yeah. I mean, just, just <laughs> a, the, the three by three grid with three people. Uh, that's right. Yeah. That's actually, well, that's, well, that's often what I'll do. Yeah, like do add the third player, literally change nothing. Like that's like step one, just so they can see that they need to make further changes to the, to the game. It makes perfect sense though, because that's, that's how you figure out shit, right? That's how you iterate and make things fun like there's no way to like tell initially how fun something's going to be you just got to make it and try it and see what happens and yes you know making the shittiest initial possible version will tell you so much more than like thinking about it for 200 hours like that yep. 
is and, do, and adults will want to talk about it for 200 hours and will never put their pen on paper unless you make them do it yeah <laughs> like well yeah i don't think that'll be fun well fucking try it you idiot <laughs> that's what that's what that's what i'm saying in my brain and then out, out of my mouth comes something yeah. a little kinder then you gotta hit it i think that's like <laughs> one of the big reasons why modding is such like a great entry point into game development because yeah. it's like instead of opening up like instead of unity as like a gateway to game development modding is great because instead of opening up a blank canvas and being like okay do anything also you need to know programming you need to know how to make art you need to do ui and everything and sound yeah instead it's like here's like a game that's like or like you know let's say uh, skyrim you have a world you have controls already set up you have like verbs and like how you interact with the environment you have characters that you can mess around with you have art you have uh sound you know so now just tweak a few things and see if it's fun and keep tweaking and maybe add something unique and then you end up with something totally different um but it's like a way to be much more iterative and fast and loose and yeah yeah you don't you don't have to like start from scratch yeah and i think that's what some of the best mods are right like the best skyrim mods are the ones that are like obviously there's tons of goofy ones where they put master chief in but the best mods are like the ones that are like balancing and actually game designing that space in an interesting unique way or like oh i'm Mm. gonna rethink about the skill tree how can i take what's there and make it something that is is better designed and better made you know put more more and more iterations on it or just tear it down and make something new are there any like uh breakaway popular skyrim mods like play the game this way with this mod kind of thing yeah and like tons of people do it that way maybe because they're 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 witcher 3 uh has a few mods that are like that where they're like if you're gonna play witcher 3 on pc use these mods Mm. (laughs) like they're usually like ui ones Mm. i was playing through it on modded yeah maybe that's a mistake kind of like uh minecraft had a few you know like tech it was like a pack of mods that became this sort of like canonically like it's like this canonically sort of separate flavor of minecraft that gives you all these like cool factory things it's kind of like turning minecraft into satisfactory nowadays but mm-hmm. like 10 yeah. years ago i feel like the big ones for like minecraft that it's like if you're gonna play minecraft on pc use these it's usually like the shader mods the shaders and the optimization yeah they like yeah and optimization like they really augment the game in like a pretty drastic way where it's like even if you don't change the base gameplay much Mm -hmm. like it'll actually impact how you enjoy the game quite substantially because it just looks so much better yeah yeah and also changing the ui to have the coordinates of where you are i feel like i couldn't play the game without that <laughs> you can do that in the base game though you hit like F3 yeah by or pressing whatever. like f3 mm-hmm. or something and then the entire screen is replaced by numbers and debug yeah. information yeah. like yeah you yeah. can do it but it's ugly mm. <laughs> it should be like tarkov mm. where there's no ui and if you have a compass you got to pull up a physical compass in front of you that's right that glows in the dark so people can see it if you pull it out and it makes a loud noise. So if, you, if someone's close to you, you pull out your compass and it makes a little clack of the metal and people can see the little glowy shit on the compass and shoot you in the face because that game sucks. <laughs> and that's great. Minecraft. Minecraft. Yeah. Get shot in the face. It's just like that. But I don't know. Whatever. Time and place. But I mean, mm-hmm. there's tons of amazing Minecraft mods out there too. I love Sky Factory. 
which is one where like you start off on a single block um like a tree on a single block is where you start and you have to like harvest the tree and like make stuff and you make more ground layers and like it like dramatically increases the amount of stuff that you can do in the game and there's magic and portals and computers and like i don't know it's like a package of ten thousand mods to make the game insane um but i don't know that sounds pretty cool it's probably got a lot of the same ones that tech it has yeah i I think um it it probably like from what i understand like uh, parts of that were what influenced the creation of factorio so like yes um, Hmm. you know there's another kind of loop around where the modding community comes up with good ideas um yeah i'm not surprised at all i actually think we should talk more in depth about the story of league of legends only because we just we just passed over it like it was obvious but it might not be obvious to everyone and it's kind of like one of the crazier ones ah okay well so it started in warcraft 3 um feel free to jump in anytime anybody that knows more than i do but like i know the broad picture of it which is like um there's a warcraft 3 mod that became like unbelievably popular so popular is more popular than the game warcraft 3 where people just get it and play just dota all the time they would buy warcraft 3 which was called defense of the ancients yeah defense of the ancients or dota yeah and so it was like completely different from normal Warcraft, right? Like, uh, you know, Warcraft is about controlling armies. Dota is about controlling basically one hero. Mm-hmm. Although it's kind of like, it's interesting because Warcraft 3 itself added heroes to the sort of like army controlling game thing, right? Like like you're, you have a hero that sort of levels up and gets more powerful as the game goes on. And they're like, you know what? Fuck the armies. You're just going to you're just gonna control a hero, and the, the, uh, a hero and the armies are going to kind of just march down the lanes by themselves without you doing anything. Yeah. And it became this like five on five sort of thing. And somehow that was just like, end up being way more popular than normal Warcraft. Well, I mean, you can see how it came around too, though. Like it's just a natural progression, right? You have an RTS game that's been around forever. The RTS game, the, the kind of twist to Warcraft three was that you added the hero element. So you have your army controlling and the hero. And there's been tower defense games that were being created in mods at the same time. So you kind of like smash the two together yeah, I guess that's true. And like a whole bunch of stuff falls on the ground because it's unnecessary. And now you're just controlling a hero in a space with a whole bunch of armies fighting each other, um, yeah. which like you can kind of see how point A leads to point B. Like all these ideas don't sure, come out yeah. of nothing. They just like it's an organic process. But like the more important part is that it blew up and became super popular and then created an entire genre of video game, which is the MOBA. It's not a first person shooter. It's not a RTS game. It is a multiplayer online battle arena. The whole focus being PvP, MOBA, M-O-B-A. Um, Maybe the worst name of a genre of all time. Yeah, yeah terrible, terrible, right? I don't you think Memorpig is worse? Yeah, Memorpig. <laughs> well, how about that? The The acronym for your game is LOL. <laughs> like, oh, that's stupid. League of Legends. Um, but I don't know. Uh, so then, But then, right, so Defense of the Ancients was a... Uh, no a one mod. was profiting off of it or anything. Right. It's just a free and mod then, that anyone could download and play. Um, a huge community around it. And, and then it was like, what, two, 2000 and I want to say 10 or so? Probably. Nine? Seems right. That two two games spun out of it. There was uh, Defense of the Ancients, like Dota. Was Dota 1 its own standalone game at one, at one point? I don't think so. I don't so. think so. Or they went straight to two. There was right? a lot so, of them that came out right around the same time. So there, was, there was League of Legends, and then there was like something Battle Arena... God, I don't know. Uh, There's a lot of them. Heroes of New Earth was Heroes, one yeah. that was less successful. Mm. Uh, but like League of Legends started off basically as a Dota clone. And yeah, as far as I know, still is. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it, it's got the DNA, right? Uh, and, it, it, and it became like wildly popular and one of the one of the most like profitable games ever. And also pretty much the world's premier esport. 
yeah. nowadays. For a long time, it was the number one played game in the entire world. Um, yeah. Making bajillions of dollars. It's fallen off. Thankfully, they suck as a company. But um, <laughs> who does it in the game industry? Yay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But <laughs> before this episode, we were trying to avoid, talking of trying to avoid that yeah. depressing topic. Oh well, what can you do? <laughs> uh, they they made a lot of good decisions in their game, and they made a lot of great gameplay decisions too. Like if you play Dota two, the kind of successor to Dota with all of the same shit, like it's funny because it has a lot of the same quirks that like the original game had because it was a real time strategy game. Like you can deselect your character. There's no reason right. why you would ever <laughs> deselect your character in that game. You control one character at all times. You should not what have to deselect it, but you can. I had the same <laughs> because you can do it. In I Dota. had the same concerns when I learned how to play League of Legends. It still, to me, felt like a Warcraft three mod. And yeah. It felt like it felt like the way you're interacting with it is still like an army controlling RTS stripped it down to controlling one character. Yeah. And it's fascinating how many holdovers they have, like the uh, AI for towers in terms of how they select the targets that they attacked. I think that's basically the same in all of those games as it was in Warcraft 3. Yeah. And that's just some really? arbitrary multiplayer, like computer well. multiplayer targeting uh, scheme that they use. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it works well. It's like if you, it attacks the NPCs unless you attack a, uh, an enemy hero and then the target, the tower switches to you. So it's like right. interesting strategic choices. It worked out well. Yeah. What about uh, Heroes of the Storm? Oh, right. That, <laughs> that was like Blizzard's uh, answer to the whole thing. And, yeah. you know, I, I like what they tried to do with it, which was like the thing with League of Legends. And this is another thing that's crazy to me is that like like RTSs, generally you play on like a variety of maps because the map changes the strategy. Mm-hmm. But in League of Legends, it's the same map every single time. Yeah. And every, everything about League of Legends is 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 honing in into such specificity about the like that scenario and those characters and, and everything. Wait, there's only one map in League of Legends? Yeah, well, technically yeah. there's more, but it's really just the one. Yeah, uh, there's no such... So, so every uh, every game mode has one map. So like the 5v5 sort of classic mode, it's just Summoner's Rift. It's that map, and it's, okay. it's always got the same layout, the same kind of NPC camps and all that other junk going on in the same lanes. They don't even like try and reskin it so it like looks a little bit different? No. Nah. They give it a facelift every couple of years, but yeah, basically it's, that. A, it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous map. I think it's actually quite perfect in a lot of ways. But uh, Heroes of the Storm came along when it's like, well, what if we did a few different things? So one thing they did in Heroes of the Storm was try to get you to the sort of interesting 5v5 team fights quickly. Whereas in League of Legends, there's like a laning phase where you're sort of by yourself killing NPCs and getting more powerful. Heroes of the Storm is kind of like, well, we'll do that. But nah. also they tried to get rid of the idea of like any one character getting overly powerful. So the team levels up as a team, not as individuals. Um, so that's kind of another interesting thing that uh, Heroes of the Storm did. And then the other thing they did was actually have different maps. And each map has different sort of objectives and scenarios. It's still always about destroying the enemy's base. And there's still like lanes, but but there is usually some kind of NPC situation or boss or whatever. You're like yeah. collecting coins to deliver to the thingamabob. And the thingamabob shoots cannons at the enemy or some some nonsense. It's cool. It's kind of fun and kooky, but it's also a little too kooky, or it's like harder to sort of. It's more casual, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely on the more casual side, but it's also way more fun than League of Legends. <laughs> like League of Legends, like I I love competitive games, and I played League of Legends for hundreds upon hundreds of hours, and that game's not fun. It is is unbelievably unfun. Like when you're winning, you're like duh, and when you're losing, you're like this is the fucking worst. Like it's <laughs> it's absolutely like miserable experience. And, like, the game is, like, kind of built to create a toxic atmosphere where, like, people hate each other. 
right? Yeah, I think it's it's really important to point out that the games are really long, right? Like yeah. the games you can't even surrender until twenty minutes, and you can't. Yeah, <laughs> and like you can't you can't quit because like yeah. you're letting down your whole team if you if you AFK. Mm-hmm. Like people, that's like a toxic thing that people do is AFK. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't even vote surrender until twenty minutes in League of Legends. The how, most how they long that. is really oh, long. Have they changed? Okay, well, a, a yeah. game can go up to forty five minutes or even longer. Most of the oh time, it'll be over God. within thirty minutes. But like, um, yeah. And I think with Heroes of the Storm, they explicitly tried to make the game shorter. Yeah. And they also simplified it by doing things like getting rid of items, which is something I approve of. Yeah. Because like it's so freaking complicated to learn all of the characters and their skill builds and whatnot. And then on top of that, also worrying about items and the uh, runes and whatever. I don't know. It works for the yeah. kind of person that wants to play. So like, yeah. As as a as a casual person, it makes sense to enjoy League of Legends, no, uh, not League of Legends. Um. Here's. League of Legends is a masochist game. Here's of the Storm is actually incredibly fun. As an esport, uh, no. <laughs> you want right. an incredibly high skill ceiling for, for an esport, right? This is why StarCraft 1 is still being played as an esport and StarCraft 2 kind of blows because they made a lot of terrible design decisions. Um, Wings of Liberty was really good, but they fucked it up along the way. Whatever. Oh, I was going to say that. Like, I was like, it seemed good to me, but I really only played during Wings of Liberty. Yeah, Wings of Liberty was, was excellent. Uh, but... What would you say the terrible design decisions are that they made in StarCraft 2? Oh, God. I don't know if we want to go into this, it's but a whole episode. Yeah, <laughs> the the biggest one is that like, and you start off with the, in StarCraft, like you have your when when you start a multiplayer match, right? You have your base and you have like 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 a very small number of workers, and you got to build up workers, yep. right? So there's a whole lot mm-hmm. of strategy around the beginning of the game when everyone has very limited resources. Where like, are you going to invest a whole lot into your base to like get a get a jump up when things start to become serious? Are you going to like build a whole bunch of guys really soon and try to go for them? But that cripples your economy. So if that attack doesn't work, you're kind of screwed. So like there's a whole bunch of like interplays of strategies where people are going for like fast attacks or medium attacks to be safe, or they go in full eco and building up their base and trying to survive with as little attacking units as possible. And like one of the design decisions they made in the latest ex- the, the final expansion for StarCraft 2 was like you start off with like 50 workers. It's not 50, but it's oh some insane amount of workers. Like you have like That's you have terrible. like 15 workers. So there's no early game. You can just do whatever you want. It's like, why would you do that? Why would you completely destroy a core part of your game? Is because people complained about like, whatever. You're you're gaining the wrong information from player feedback and just completely destroying your, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> The idea of your game, yeah, you're just eliminating I, it. Trying it's, to discertain like how they came to that conclusion is well fucking boggling. Yeah, I mean, there's a thing where like people talk about cheesy strategies in StarCraft, right? Which is like, you know, as Zerg, you get the your spawning pool as early as possible before they can do oh, anything, right. and you get Zerg. Yeah. Or like someone does like a proxy where they put a barracks. A Zerg like, rush. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Zerg rush, or like they put like a proxy barracks or a proxy gateway like just outside your base, and you're like, I didn't see it. Fuck, you just immediately lose the game because you didn't see it. And like people mm-hmm. that aren't very good at the game will complain about that because it's just like, oh, I just died and just wasted five or 10 minutes of my life. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, like you can. That, so that's those kind of strategies that work against like lower level people, but maybe not work against higher level people. So they're kind of catering to the people that don't know the game as well. Maybe that's kind of what I'm theorizing is like, yeah, OK, we'll just get rid of that part of the game. But that actually narrows the strategic yeah. um, breadth of the game by enough that it makes it shitty. Yeah. I don't know how you don't see that coming, though. Like, how do you how do you have like such a huge community of people doing this like competitively and not like and, and completely like miss that you know like they they had a huge eyes like on these people like how do you make this decision and not like immediately realize you've done fucked up no clue 
Anyway, but there's, like a, there's a whole know, bunch like, of what, little things Why did they like reverse that. it? Um, no clue. Don't matter. Who knows? Blizz Activision. Anyway, <laughs> there's yeah, no way of knowing. There's also there's a huge shit, like shit shit storm about like uh, here's the storm and how that died like uh, like Blizz Activision like has always wanted to have a very controlling interest in all of the esports around their games and then he decided that here's the storm wasn't worth it anymore but because here's the storm and all of the esports and stuff was first party paid for by Blizzard all the commentators all the everything they're just like we're done they fight everybody and there's no more right esports for it they tried to invent an esport whole cloth yeah and they didn't let, try to get it to like grow organically i guess yeah and then when they didn't want to pay for it anymore they just destroyed it you're like well okay you have your right but like yeah like that's your right to do it but also that's stupid like there's just a bad whatever i i i could hate on this stuff for hours <laughs> this is why i didn't want to talk yeah. about it but here we is are the, <laughs> the storm still being actively developed yeah, well, I think no, it I technically think so. is. They have like a skeleton crew, Minimally. like yeah. still working oh, really? on it. They they even said so specifically, like I think you can still download it. I don't know because they have microtransactions and it's a free game, right? So like it, they'd be dumb not to just leave the servers on. But like they have openly admitted that there's like three people working on it. <laughs> it's crazy. Wow. It's, I I don't know the exact number, but it's something hilarious. Like it's it's just maintenance people. There's no new content being made. I know that my partner and his group of of gamers that they play a lot of these types of games with i haven't seen them play heroes in yeah. many months it's, they play league again it's long since dead the game was incredibly fun though i like playing it um but i don't know yeah it's all right yeah who knows but league of legends is not a fun game that's that's my point <laughs> it's your hot take <laughs> yeah of the day, my hot um, take of the day but it's extremely fun esport to watch I, I i enjoy watching it um i think it's i think it can be very fun if you're into the idea of of trying to achieve a game with a high skill cap just watching yourself grow and get better can be very cool yeah uh, there's a lot to absorb in that game I, I like absorbing very complex games similarly um fun to watch mods that became esports counter strike that's also yeah. Yeah. substantially incredibly popular esport which has the yeah. major advantage of being able to understand what the fuck is going on even if you don't play counter strike right. <laughs> you can watch a and tournament you and you can be like that. that's cool i get it they're shooting at other guys <laughs> <laughs> League of Legends, you don't know you what the fuck's the going head. on. There's ten people teleporting around, and everyone's blasting, and the commentators are going, Whoa! you know, it's like, oh god. Yeah. But you have to explain to them that, like, oh god, they took the dragon, the dragon, the, the, obviously the dragon is the thing, and there's a buff, you get the red buff, and you get the oh my god, they're like, I don't know it's what you're talking about. It's completely other language. It's totally foreign. Yeah. You don't know anything about the you game. You got the Triforce, tons of damage. I don't even know if that's a. It's meme never going to be like real. Sp that's why Ro I think Rocket League is a better esport because it's. Yeah. In, in, imminently understandable to anyone yeah you know, i mean dude. it's and the skill cap on that game is so fucking hard very high uh, right? very high um i tried to play uh rocket league and i did very poorly and was like i fucking hate this yeah <laughs> takes a lot of practice <laughs> we kind of got far off the mods thing but yeah yep. oh well I mean, like League of Legends is a mod. Was, yeah. was a mod. It, it was a mod. Yeah. You want to talk about mods for uh, for fucking uh, the car game? What what the hell was the one we were just talking about? Uh, Rocket League. Oh, Rocket there's League some has awesome mods? ass mods. Uh, oh, I don't know. There's that. a community map where there's fucking like giant like big rings, like it's fucking pilot wings or something, and you got to mm -hmm. do aerials and control your car through the rings and land on these platforms. It's so oh, sick. God. Like, there's these giant, like, spirals with, like, 70 rings and a weird helix, and you gotta, like, fly your car up and around and in it. 
You're like, oh man. And so just to let you guys know, like flying a car in Rocket League is fucking hard. Obnoxiously like, hard, yeah. Like like exactly like a second of boost and you have to manage that boost. Oh, they give you somehow. unlimited boost in, in those maps. Um, Even so, the boost is so like uh, yeah. finicky. Yeah, it's like crazy. The last thing that I'll mention about these wild mods is that there's a specific type of mod for Counter-Strike called Surf Maps. I don't know if you've ever heard of these things. <laughs> so there's a weird movement glitch in the half-life engine which is what counter-strike is based on where like you can sort of be like sliding on a surface and like you can like keep your momentum in the air and use like the strafe keys left and right to kind of like turn your character as long as you don't hit forward to like maintain your momentum so people Mm -hmm. have made these unbelievably complicated maps that are so hard to go through and the entire point is that you're just basically like Tony Hawk Pro Skater grinding on these like weird ledges and like flinging off of them and jumping and landing and like curving around corners with like weird air strafing, like making these crazy jumps into holes and like sliding down these really long rails into big tunnels and stuff. And it is so much fun and it is so <laughs> damn hard. It's the hardest thing in the world. But like because it's just taking advantage of like basically glitches. Yeah. Yeah. Or like weird quirks in the movement system. That's that's the kind of game that I want to see spun off into its own game because it's so interesting. It's like the movement itself is the the, and the level design combined are like so high skill cap that you can have like a really interesting and fun experience in that. It's the next uh, Sonic game. Yeah. I mean, it does sound like a Sonic. (laughs) It does sound like a Sonic game, but like. Uh, not no, fun. No. Uh, really? <laughs> to sound like a sound, Sonic game would be that it is trash and broken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, a lot of mods are like that. Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. Yep. It's the kind of thing that makes my game design brain like light up, like with all these exciting ideas. You know, they, they have like the equivalent of surf maps in Rocket League Two, where you're like got to fly through these crazy areas, and like sometimes you can land on the ground, and sometimes if you land on the ground, it resets you. Um, and you're like, oh, that'd be so cool to like design these awesome levels and have these cool like weird flying thrust puzzles and like going through them, you know, like a space moon man or whatever. Um, but it's crazy though. It's just, it seems like it'd be almost impossible to try to invent that movement system intentionally, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is why they probably haven't done it. <laughs> yeah. But like, maybe you can. Or if they tried, it just out. ended up being like, what is the what is this fucking unintuitive bullshit yeah gonna play this. Like, why is this not why is this fun i don't know what whatever um <laughs> it's like there's like a there's like an attraction in it being like the unintended use case for the game and the movement system or something well it's almost like finding fun in the broken yeah you know? yeah i think that's why there's mods. there's master chief mods for skyrim i, I you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> no there's master chief mods for skyrim because there are 10 year olds modding yeah <laughs> and they like copy pasted the master chief model from yep. like mods.com and put it in skyrim yes. uh-huh. <laughs> seems legit yeah it's future hey. budding game designers uh-huh. right if i could do that at 10 years old i'd be happy yeah true did we solve mods we solved yes. mods great we made some modded our way mods. to success yeah all, all right, right let's take a break play some mods okay do some mods Welcome back. Do you guys want to do... Hey, check this out. Check this out. 
Yes. Sure. Uh huh. <laughs> well, I can start. I'm going to recommend Skyward Sword HD for the Switch. It's I didn't play it the first time, and I guess they did some things better with the controls. They're better than they were. I mean, they're still not great, but it's a fun game. I'm having fun. I'm playing it with Lincoln, and he likes it, and it's it's it feels like my first Zelda in a lot of ways. So I think that like a lot like of people babies might first have Zelda. Found... Yeah, I think they designed it with the idea that a lot of people like this would be the first Zelda that a lot of people were coming into for the Wii. Um, Canonically, it's the first Zelda, right? Yeah, and so like there's a lot of things where like it's a lot slower in the beginning and stuff, and uh, I don't know, it works for a little kid, and that's great. And the art style is really pretty. Yeah, I I think it. I'm having a good time with it. I'm not taking it too seriously. Sure, the controls at times make me want to throw the Wii Chuck things or whatever through uh, my TV, but whatever. Skyward Sword's got bomble. Bomble. <laughs> Skyward Sword is bombling. <laughs> <laughs> did we do this bit like two episodes ago? Did we do that bit? Yeah. I, I don't know. So. Yeah. I'll just did keep I, saying. did I already recommend this? Fuck. No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I think we just talked about the HD was coming out. out for very long. I don't know if it's out then. Hey, I'm going to recommend a band. It's called Periphery. It's a metal band, and they have really rockin' music. Check out the album. Hail Stan. Rockin'. It looks like Satan, but it's Stan. Metal band. Periphery. Sounds Hail great. Stan? Yeah. All right. Check it out. <laughs> Dr. Steeple. <laughs> That's it. Simple. <laughs> Quick. Music. Cool. I'll go next. I'll go next, then. Uh, I invite you to check out Hammock Tents. If you like outdoorsy things, and you hate trying to figure out where to put up your tent you get a hammock that's also a tent what and it has all it has all the things that a, that a tent does that keeps the rain off you but you you string it up between two trees instead of it sitting on the ground that sounds delightful my best friend uses them whenever we go uh on like backpacking trips and me and my partner are stuck trying to figure out a place that isn't gonna poke us in the back on the ground with rocks and sticks and he's just hanging up in the midair all comfy and it's like takes a you know it's like easy to set up and it's good. I guess the only the only thing is you can't do it in places that don't have like two trees to put together. Yeah, I was gonna so, say you need two trees. I mean, most places I would camp would have trees, but you know you can do you do it in the desert or something. But yeah, hammock tents are very cool. I still want to get one because I still only own normal tents, a normal tent. I can go next. I don't have a hey check this out so much as a life lesson that you can learn from me. So what I would say is, hey, check out the dimensions of the desk you buy uh, before you take it home. <laughs> also, uh, check out and make sure all of the drawers uh, open and close. Uh, so check that out, too, uh, because the desk I am uh, currently sitting at while I'm recording this, uh, we had to literally cut off all the legs of it uh, in order to fit it in through the door in order to get it here and then screw the legs back on. And then once we got it in place... We realized that the uh, drawers actually, like, they didn't actually fit well out of the sliders, so you couldn't actually open and close them. And it turns out it's the hardest thing in the world to try to get uh, drawers, uh, rails properly installed. Did you check what? out the store's return policy? Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, nope. This is uh, my parents' call. This is their furniture. They seem to want it anyway, so... And I'm pretty sure we avoided the return warranty at this point after we chopped off the legs. Yeah, but I know yeah, no shit. Have to check it out before. So <laughs> well, well, there you go. Not your house. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Should have chopped off your door to fit the desk in. Yeah. <laughs> Desks, man. The door didn't deserve it. The desk Chop- does. You should have chopped off the whole house. Just opened it up. Yeah. the door yeah. inside and stitch it back together. Well, we did briefly explore the possibility of trying to bring it in through the window. Yeah. But the window's not big enough. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> Don't they at the Bethesda offices have like a plant that's meant to look like it's clipping into the walls? Uh, in in their actual main offices, I have no idea what the Bethesda office. I'm pretty sure like. that they do. Yeah, <laughs> look it up. Thanks, Todd. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Todd. All right, I will go. Uh, I'm gonna recommend a game. I don't think I've talked about this before, but um, when I finished probably like a month or two ago. It's called Hypnospace Outlaw. I feel like we should all oh. play this game and talk about it because it's it's really interesting and weird. Um. It's a little bit hard to describe. The premise is that you're like the moderator of like a version of the late 90s internet that people use while they're asleep. <laughs> and like you get to see people's weird personal pages of like it's basically GeoCities bullshit and like every mm-hmm. page has like some shady music embedded in it. Yeah. And it's amazing. If you're I think if you're like our age, you will you will understand the aesthetic of this game because um, it is like the late 90s personified and just the weird Amazing. stuff it's really interesting <laughs> very good it's, it starts out kind of slow but there actually is like a story and like actual real emotional hooks later on which is, is kind of like wild blew my mind later <laughs> so I, I won't spoil it but there's definitely some really interesting stuff that happens in that game is it kind of like what we wanted to accomplish with radnet in a way kind of yeah you can't i mean the the way you interact with people is a little limited um mm. it's kind of one of the jokes of the game i won't spoil too too much but like you know, people use this while they sleep, so it's like a headset, and it's like you have the version of the headset that's like the enforcer headset that isn't allowed to use like the chat program. So all you can do is like flag people and ban them. You can't actually talk to anybody. <laughs> obviously, it would be crazy to write a game where you have like a chat bot in it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's it's very interesting in that like the game is kind of structured so that it can still you have some agency while only being able to do a very limited set of things aside from just look and read web pages and stuff, yeah. which, is, which is very cool. Um. There also is very lim- or kind of interesting sort of mod support where you can actually make your own web pages that will show up in the game in their shitty format. <laughs> and, nice. and there's also a version of like the sequencer that they use to make some of the music that you can use to make your own music with, which is really cool. Shit. Nice. Yeah, make some GeoCities websites. All right. Well, I'm at A Minler on Twitter. Where can people find you guys? You can find me also on Twitter. I'm at the Brendo. I'm also on Twitter at Heckbringer. Uh, I am on Twitter at Redhesion, also soundcloud.com slash adhesion and adhesion.bandcamp.com. And you can contact with all of us at Team RedMars on Twitter, redmars.com and redmars.itch.io. That's where we are. Great. You always like end that sentence, send it up, and then they have to come down somewhere. Yeah. You could just like <laughs> say it a little differently. You yeah. don't have to say anything else. I don't know. I'm just like, shit, this, that's it. That's the end of it. I don't know what to say else. That's the end. The end. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, uh, this episode was edited by Andrew Ford, and music in this episode and all episodes is also by Andrew Ford. Yeah. Yep. And then watch Great. the Dune movie when it comes out soon. Uh, when in, is like, it coming out? A couple out? months. October, like October, I think. Yeah. <laughs> is that going to be on like HBO Max and shit? I don't fucking no. I think it is. I think it Fuck is. yeah! They were, they, he was like, he was real pissed about it, but I think yeah, great. <laughs> I don't care. I mean, it would make sense. I don't want to go to a theater. He's like a real cinema man. He's a cinnaboy. He's a cinnabon. He's a real cinnabon. <laughs> yeah. Denny V man makes a pretty Denny movie. Denny V cinnabon. <laughs>
Denny B, Cinnabon, Taco Bell Cinnabon two pack. <laughs> Get a Baja Blast when they're at it. Yeah. At Taco Bell. Get a Baja Blast at Taco Bell. And go see the Dune movie Dune. in October. <laughs> we are way ahead of the game on this one. Mm-hmm. Could be Here talking about that one in several episodes and still be fine. Yeah. <laughs> this episode will take two months to edit. Maybe it will. That's right. Come on, just in time. All right. Well, we this did is it. Goodbye. Goodbye. This is goodbye. Thank you for listening, everybody, and thank you guys for being here. Mwah. All right. Thank you. Ooh. <laughs> Nighty night. <laughs> no. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.